everyone. Joshua Gilliland here, and I am one half of the Legal Geeks. With me today is Jordan Hoopert, who helped mentor the defense team in our mock trial at San Diego Comic Fest. Jordan, how are you today? Doing well, Josh. Thanks. Thank you for joining me for a debriefing on how the mock trial went. And first off, thank you for volunteering. Oh, you're welcome. It was a lot of fun. What, it, what motivated you to volunteer? Um, saw the posting on Facebook about the, uh, the trial from your uh, blog site. And I'm a, a lifelong comic book fan, um, which is something I don't get to do a lot of in conjunction with legal work. So the, uh, the prospect of combining the two was super exciting. You can always do guest posts for us if you feel like writing about Green Lantern or anything like that with jurisdiction. More, more than welcome to. Alrighty. So, but, but thank you. You were a huge help. You, uh, Keen Zimmerman and, and uh, Neil from Oric were heroes in helping mentor the law students. And so I, and since you were uh, one of the, the mentors who actually got to attend the show, I wanted to, to chat with you about what you thought of the experience. And so with that, how did you help mentor the defense with well, lost? We did a lot of it over, um, over what do you call it, Google Documents, and some over uh, Skype chat, things like that. Um, basically, what I did was help them get everything set up for their part of the trial. We covered how to do a trial we covered what kinds of questions to ask it was a lot of um editing the uh, presentation documents so their notes on questioning and that sort of thing and then a little bit on style um we also yeah we did a little bit on the the stylistic part over skype um but mostly it was it was in suggesting what questions to ask, what questions not to ask, because stuff like stuff like that is really something, at least in the legal world, that you only gain by experience. Um, so knowing the most important thing I think that our coaching lended to the teams was knowing when to stop asking questions. Um, there's a, a pension among lawyers and law students that you want to ask that last question and really drive the nail into the witness's statement or whatever. And inevitably that last question screws you up because they have an answer to it. Um, so reminding people when to say, no, 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 stop there. You made your point. You get closing argument where they don't get to say anything else. And then the, you can bring that in. I think that's where the mentoring really helped out. I thought so. You know, one of the things that I've observed in high school mock trial is you have a lot of students who want to make basically a closing argument in cross-examination. Mm -hmm. And that frequently backfires because the witness can respond and, and torpedo things. Uh, we didn't really have that. They, they did good crosses. They really did. Yeah. So one of the things I th observed with Black Widows that I thought was was good and, and, you know, by the defense and crossing was they were able to get in the fact she was an assassin and that she used to kill people upon, uh, 
you know, the KGB's orders, just like the Winter Soldier. And I thought that was a wonderful line of questioning. And, and the student from Whittier did a great job with it because it really, it's like you used to kill people and yeah. you were never. Yeah. And one of the things I had said was you really want to, because Black Widow is not going to give you helpful facts. She's just, you know, she doesn't like Bucky. Let's, um, let's be fair about that. So what you really want to do with Black Widow is you can hold her up as a character foil for Bucky because they're essentially the same, except, you know, Black Widow is testifying for the prosecution and Bucky is sitting there facing a lot of life sentences um, stacked on top of each other. So if the defense team is going to use Black Widow effectively, what they're going to be able to do with her is highlight the fact that she's not different from Bucky. Um, but she gets this second chance, even though, you know, she arguably wasn't brainwashed in quite the same way. She was just kind of raised for it. So, you know, why should she get a better deal than someone who is arguably not responsible for their actions, um, in Bucky? And so then again, you want to get that set up for your closing argument. Um, and I thought they did that really, really effectively. Putting the defendant on the stand is never an easy task, but it's something you have to do with the insanity defense. And also, most cases with self-defense as well, you need to get the, you know, hear the defendant's story. Right. And so prepping for that was an adventure. And just to set the stage for everyone, our our winter soldier, our Bucky, was from Denver, Colorado. He was friends with... Black Widow, who was the judge's clerk, which, again, I, I love them both so much for, for everything that they did. They really were the characters. Uh, but So you're coordinating with uh, you know, Andrew in, in Denver, mm-hmm. and then Robert, who's a student at the University of Michigan, and you're in Oregon, and we have Keen, who's also helping mentor in Connecticut. This was by far one of the most diverse trial teams I've seen in doing a mock trial just because people are in four different states and you guys did a fantastic job. Uh, but share with us how, how you did that. Miracles of modern technology. Um, you know, you can be on either side of the country and still be in everybody's living room. Um, the time difference made things a little bit challenging, but you know, once everybody was really willing to work with that. So we just kind of made time for, for it. The Skype chats with Andrew, Bucky, um, were super, super helpful to help kind of hone his character, um, be able to go over and kind of rehearse the direct, um, examination and figure out, you know, how do you present yourself? When do you, you know, when do you actually remember things? When do you, you know, when are you just frozen popsicle bucky? Um, how do you present as both humble and repentant while maintaining the fact that Bucky is a super strong-willed character? Um, it's tricky, but, you know, thankfully everybody really put the time in to, to get it right. Um, yeah, one of the things that I was trying 
really hard to get everybody to be able to do is what people in my trial mentor, people who have mentored me in trials have called the illusion of the first time. So, you know, even though you've rehearsed this dozens of times, either together or on your own in the mirror or whatever, it seems to the jury, and in this case, the audience, that this is really the first time you've gone through this, um, this speech. It worked very, very well. So Robert in uh, Michigan was a captain of the Air Force. I thought he did a fantastic job with the defendant. It just fantastic. And uh, the way that you guys uh, coached Andrew on how to how to play that, because the only thing that we really have on Bucky's mental state right now is from the end credit scene of Ant Man, which you know, this might have been a little easier after Civil War has come out, because it gives us less artistic license. We had to figure out from just a, a one minute scene what his mental state is, and that was a challenge, especially which is the lead in for the expert witness prep. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you helped uh, prepare Janina Scarlett and helped Robert with the questions um, for the directive of the expert. Um, so Keen did a lot more working with uh, Janina, who was our expert psychiatrist or psychologist. I always get those two confused. Um, but I was... I helped Robert a lot with his, his questioning and it's difficult to question expert witnesses from an attorney standpoint, because you have to understand enough about what they're going to talk about to be able to have a, a semi-intelligent conversation with them. But, you know, you don't, we go to school to, talk and ask questions we don't go to school for psychiatry um so you're never going to have that level of expertise with them so a lot of it is about you know how do you fake it like you understand that and then bringing that back all into focus on what do you really want out of this expert and how do you deal with in the real world at least how do you deal with uh, the expert's ego, which I don't think we had so much in this particular case because Janina was super awesome. Um, but so figuring out and helping Robert deal with those problems was where I was primarily working. And it's a lot of, you know, keeping your questions very narrowly tailored, figuring out, a flow and a rhythm to how you're going to ask the questions so that the, the story kind of makes sense. Um, and then, you know, Robert had a lot of that just already done and my work was a lot of fine tuning and then helping with the, the actual evidentiary bit of, you know, how do you qualify someone as an expert? But that's, um, that's not super hard once you figure it out. Yeah, she did a great job, and Robert did a great job on the direct. Uh, did you or, or Keen help prepare them for crossing the prosecution's expert? We did. Um, and then that, that, again, is just, it's a question of 
how do you use this expert to prep for your closing? Because she's, experts are hired guns. They're getting paid by someone to support that conclusion. And if they weren't going to support that conclusion, the prosecution or the defense wouldn't have put them on the stand. Um, you know, nobody's ever going to call an expert that hurts their case because why would you? It's a quick road to malpractice and a new career. Um, so it's a, it's a question of how you tailor your examination and your questions for what you really want out of, um, out of this witness. And for the prosecution's expert, it was keep it short, keep it simple. Um, because all you really want out of her is that it's possible that Bucky didn't know what he was doing. A couple of points to argue in cross about, or not, I'm sorry, a couple of points to argue in closing about how you figure out right from wrong. Um, Robert had a really good line of questioning about how people develop their moral character and um, how Bucky's. I can't remember exactly what he called him, but since Bucky's early childhood memories would have been wiped and, you know, that's how you figure out right from wrong. One of the uh, parts of the cross that I was really impressed with was uh, he got the expert on uh, Bucky wasn't lying. You, you know, you, Madam Expert, state that Bucky wasn't lying during your uh, examination, in your professional opinion. And so uh, I, th I thought that was a very nice hit to her analysis because yeah, it, it was basically, no, he should have known right from wrong, uh, but I don't think it was lying when he said he didn't. So it's like, yeah, I thought that was nice. I thought it was very, very well done. Uh, yeah, I wish I could take credit for that bit, but that was all Robert. Um, he, he did a great job. You know, he had conviction on his side. He looked very determined. Uh, just, just that great, you know, Captain America would be proud of him type type of closing. So he he did a very sure. nice, very nice job. Now let's talk about closings because both prosecution and defense, uh, both students, Sylvia and Robert, worked really hard on their closings and uh, give me your thoughts on, on like both of them. They were both fantastic and truly all the law students were just incredible um, in their, their presentations on all of this and their ability to take everything that came out of trial and sum it up into you know, a two-minute closing argument is fantastic. Um, in the real world, like I think you said at the beginning, this would have taken months. Closing arguments would have gone on for hours. Um, so the the fact that they could put all of this in like a really short two or three-minute speech and have everything that they really needed to say and be super, super impactful is... Yeah, just fantastic. Um, I was I was really impressed. Yeah, they did a heroic job. In addition to all the schoolwork that they're doing and everything else in life. Yeah, then there's that. 
Yeah. The other uh, element of this that was, I thought, very insightful was being able to see our jury deliberate, which we don't get yeah. in the real world. So Yeah. That, that was actually my personal favorite part of this whole thing. Um, in Oregon, where I practice, there's actually laws against lawyers looking up jurors and going to ask questions. So I, you know, unless somebody on a jury decides that they want to come talk to me, I never, ever, ever get anything about that. Um, so getting to see, what do we have, eight people really deliberate and um, go through the evidence piece by piece. And what is truly a fairly complicated defense. Um, I don't know that it gets much more complicated than the insanity defense legally. So to see them kind of parse through it was really interesting. And I loved the fact that we had the one holdout juror who really landed on a couple of pieces of evidence that were pretty damning for Bucky that suggested that he actually knew what he was doing and could formulate things. She was good. She, she paid attention and she stuck to her guns, which uh, I thought was, was good. The jury foreman, I loved him. And, and there was a, a, another older woman who sat in the middle who I thought was a rock star who, you know, stated some a very concise thoughtful analysis and going, I don't think he knew what he was doing that. And, and then they all had questions for the judge about what about us fearing he does something in the future. And the judge saying, well, you know, it's only, this is for past where we can't look at the future. And that was fascinating. I think they really treated it like true jury deliberations. Yeah. Which was cool. That's very cool. Anytime that you can, well, anytime that you can inspire random people to take part in the legal world is, is super cool because it's, it's a huge piece of, of our society. And one of the things I do public defense work. So, you know, defending people who are poor and oftentimes underclass and oppressed and all that so people don't at least in my experience don't really see themselves in my particular clientele so anytime that you can convince people that what happens in a courtroom is important to their lives is a huge win for me and I think we we definitely did that we had a a packed house of what 150 200 people or something like that standing room only in the place and all of them you know were at rapt attention to what was a very very realistic trial experience um, so hopefully you know it worked like a civics lesson yeah i was amazed with the number of kids who sat there in rapture just paying close attention. You know, these were like 10-year-olds, 9-year-olds paying attention to direct and cross-examination. I thought, like, well, that's cool. They're sitting still, not blinking. This, yeah. uh, uh, there was a gentleman who, like, sat on the front row and waited, like, three hours from the, you know, earlier panels so he could be near the front. 
and and be able to see this. And I thought like, okay, that's awesome. Uh, and nobody moaned when they started throwing out like hearsay objections. Very yeah. legalistic stuff. Yeah, they were, you know, they, they paid attention to the 403 hearing that we had at the beginning. And, uh, you know, the fact that people cheered at the beginning of the trial, cheered for the judge when he came <laughs> out. I thought, like, what? Yeah. Got to be the highlight of his career. Yeah, it's like, dude, people were chanting for you. That, that doesn't happen in real life. So, no. judicial rock star. And... I th- that was neat, and people applauded after each witness, uh, which I thought was cool. And the witnesses, uh, I thought, did a wonderful job with the expert reports and sneaking in things like food allergies and <laughs> bee stings. It was just like, yeah. I was like, oh, right, you kids had fun with this. God bless you. This, that, that, that's just, it was fun to, to do. And uh, the way that the law students just grabbed onto this and they worked their hearts out and they put in a lot of time uh, was just awesome. I am, I'm not long enough out of law school to have forgotten the amount of work that comes at the end of the term. Uh, So for them to have put this together along with a lot of them were recruited right after finals. Um, The amount of just, completely brain drained, wiped out tiredness that goes along with the end of law school finals and especially prepping in your third year, you're starting to think about things like the bar exam and where to take it and that sort of thing. So for them to have put this amount of work into something that was just for fun, you know, no credit, no, no one's going to get hired because they were Bucky's defense team at San Diego comic fest. Um, for them to put that much work into something like this, which is fantastic. They, I, I hope they do put it on their resumes because it could be an interesting talk. I would. Yeah, totally. It's, you know, I, we got to play with a federal judge and, you know, doing closing statements and it was a real realistic uh, event. Yeah. They, so we, we uh, comic fest recruited one of the artists from artist alley to play sketch artist. And so I told Judge Graywall that this he might be the only judge who had an Eisner award-winning uh, courtroom sketch artist. Uh, who Probably true. And <laughs> it was just like, you're, you're in a league of your own, Your Honor, because others don't, don't have that. And uh, Eric did really nice artwork for all the law students uh, and the witnesses. And I think he got... Almost all the students, and and and, yeah. and so that's I was one of the, standing next to him, so I was watching him draw. It was I love watching people who are really good at art draw and sketch because I'm terrible at it. You know, as as he, I went up and talked to him, you know, the next day, and thanked him for it because he did beautiful artwork. And I said, you know, I I have no artistic skill, and he smiled and he said, "It's obvious you have other skills." And I thought. That's very kind of you. And, and same with you. you. You did all the work mentoring and because, I mean, that's, that's why we recruited attorney mentors because there was no way I could have, like, mentored everyone and that wouldn't be fair. It's, it, we needed yeah. other, other lawyers to, to help and you guys were, were true heroes with that. Uh, 
they also, uh, I'll say this now because they'll be sent out shortly. I got a mix of Avengers, Captain America, and Hydra lapel pins. Nice. And so all the students and witnesses and everyone will, will get a random one. And so I'll, I'll send that out to everybody. So, um, yeah, a little keepsake. Because, again, they, they flew out. They worked hard. And I, I want them to have something they can wear on the lapel, even though I'd be careful where you would wear the Hydra one. But, uh, yeah, what other, you know, did you attend any other panels at FAST? Um, we went to one that was uh, sexuality in comics afterwards. That was interesting. Um, not quite what I expected it to be, but interesting anyway. And I popped into part of uh, one called Every Hero Needs Kryptonite, which I thought was really neat about how it's important when you're drawing or writing stories that you make characters with flaws uh, make characters with weaknesses um and then we also played some of the games in the game room that was a lot of fun and i picked up some of the some prints from artwork uh spider-man and the doctor pretty fantastic so which doctor uh david Tennant. my brother's favorite i i believe so yes he did a again we won't digress but yes Tennant was a true fanboy who did a fantastic job uh as the doctor so although it's it changes watching him after you watch jessica jones yeah there uh, yes yes it does uh even though he does have that one line when uh, jessica is with him uh where he does the like geek quadfecta where you have the the former doctor playing a marvel villain make a star wars reference and it's like okay life is yep. complete we yeah. are all is good in the universe so well jordan thank you so much for for volunteering for flying down i'm glad you had fun um, was a blast i'm glad your wife was able to join us uh for as well so that was Super sweet that you didn't go on a trip during Valentine, Valentine's Day weekend without her. So There was some discussion of that. <laughs> Good life choice. Good life yeah. choice. Uh, well, that, my friend, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, hey, let's, let's go do a panel at another show. Uh, yeah. uh, if you guys ever want to come up to the Rose City or the Eugene Comic Con, happy to put something on for that, I'm sure. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. So, excellent. Well, my friend and everyone listening, stay geeky. Stay geeky, America. Indeed. <laughs>